Welcome to Health in the Hole, your Jackson Hole podcast for health and fitness. I am Dr. Laura Wright, sports chiropractor at JH Backcountry Health and your host for the show. I bring you incredible information and insights from our local health and fitness professionals so you can be a healthier, fitter, more balanced you. This podcast is meant to introduce new ideas and have helpful hints. It should not be taken as medical advice for an individual. If you learn something intriguing that you would like to apply, consult your healthcare provider before doing anything drastic. Welcome to Health in the Hole. I am here today with Tinsley Erickson, nutritional therapy practitioner and owner of Mapped Out Nutrition. Tinsley was born in Jackson Hole and has been a Wyoming resident ever since. She studied recreational therapy before she found her life's purpose in nutritional therapy. After battling with obesity, pre-diabetes, and mental health issues, she discovered nutritional therapies and turned her entire life around. Tinsley now owns her own practice, Mapped Out Nutrition, where she works with clients one-on-one virtually to help them overcome health challenges through their nutrition. Listeners, we did have some connection issues that caused a time lag in between us, but it is absolutely worth listening to. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Health in the Whole podcast. Today, I'm talking to Tinsley Erickson, who's a nutritional therapy practitioner. Tinsley, let's talk about what's your background. Where are you from? So I actually was born in Jackson. And then when I was about six, my family moved to a little town a little outside of Jackson. And then I've lived in various parts of Wyoming for basically the rest of my life. So I'm definitely a local girl. Awesome. And you said in your bio that you studied recreational therapy before you went into nutritional therapy. What is that? I haven't heard of that. So recreational therapy is when you use recreation activities to help those with either special needs or disabilities. I always knew that I wanted to go into something therapy-wise, and at the time I thought recreational therapy was exactly what I was looking for, just because it does bring in that really fun aspect into therapy. Mm -hmm. And for the time being, I loved when I did that. It was a really cool occupation, got to help some really neat people and help them discover new hobbies that they would have otherwise thought were impossible for them to do. That's awesome. And so from there, how did you get into nutritional therapy and what exactly is an NTP or nutritional therapy practitioner? So I had studied recreational therapy for a little while, and then I was having some health challenges of my own. So I was 22, and I was actually told by a doctor that I was pre-diabetic, and I was just not able to physically do the things that I wanted to. Like hiking was extremely hard for me. I was severely overweight, and I just wasn't able to have the energy or the motivation to do the things that I had previously loved. And so I had also been struggling with mental health as far as like anxiety and just being really Mm -hmm. depressed about not being able to do those activities. And so I decided to look at my nutrition and change a couple of things. And I started eating food solely based on what food made me feel like I had more energy and less Mm -hmm. anxious 
and better about life. And from there, I was just shocked at how much of a difference it made in my life. And so I kind of shifted gears and wanted to know why, why this was working for me so well Mm -hmm. and discovered nutritional therapy. Um, And then I went to school for that just because I just fell in love with the science behind why nutrition makes such a big impact on not only mental health, but our physical health and our whole look outlook on life. And so that's what got me into nutritional therapy. And a nutritional therapy practitioner is someone who looks at the whole body. We look at the Mm -hmm. whole system. You know, we don't just look at symptoms. We look at your digestive system, blood sugar regulation. We look at thyroid hormones. If your body is able to regulate your hormones well enough to um, be able to manage your energy levels throughout the day. So we take a whole look at um, each individual. And so what is exactly involved in schooling for that? Like what types of courses? How so long is I, it? So I, because I had been um, in the therapy department already, I went to the Nutritional Therapy Association. They're mm-hmm. out of Washington and kind of did like really buckled down and studied for nine months mm-hmm. to finish and become a nutritional therapy practitioner. And is that certification, is it recognized across the United States or the world? Where is it? I don't you know, know where it came from originally and how they certify. Right. So it's definitely different from state to state. Some states mm-hmm. recognize it more than others. Colorado definitely recognizes it a lot more than Wyoming. I definitely feel like if Wyoming is just, we just don't have as access to as many healthcare professionals or even just wellness in general, just because of our state. And so getting this was, it was a big motivational factor for me to get this certification just because I realized how many people in my state just don't have access to these resources. And I was really excited to be that kind of resource for people in this area. Awesome. And so then today's focus is good digestion and how that affects mental health. Can you break down some of that for us, the science, how it applies? Of course. So digestion is definitely one of the main focuses I focus on as a nutritional therapy practitioner. When I start working with a client, I evaluate their digestive system the very first, because if you're not digesting your your food properly, you're not going to be able to get those vitamins and minerals that you need to make um, neurotransmitters like serotonin and dopamine to help with manage mental health issues like depression or anxiety, or even just to give us energy throughout the day. Stress is a big factor and can really influence your digestive system and how well it's running. And I definitely have seen throughout this year with a lot of my clients, like all of us are stressed to some point. And so all of us need some help with our digestive system. Even if we don't think it's affected us mentally, I promise like with what has gone on this year and it's how it's impacted your digestive system, it's impacted how your brain is wired. And so essentially I focus on digestive system and making sure that we have good function, that you have enough good bacteria, that you have enough practices in place 
that help your digestive system throughout the day so that you can help yourself manage some of this stress and manage some of the digestive issues that can come with long-term or chronic stress. And then are your recommendations for people, are they based on like if they have anxiety or a different disorder, is it based on the person themselves? Are there just general principles that everyone needs for better digestion? So there's definitely better, there's definitely suggestions for everyone across the board. Probably the most important tip I could give you in this podcast is sit down and eat. Be really mindful when you eat. You know, a lot of times we're eating in the car, we're eating in front of the TV. I'm terrible about eating while I'm standing at my island and while I'm preparing food. And our bodies need to be in a rested state when we digest our food. So sitting down, putting down your phone, putting away your electronics to make sure that your mind can really connect to your digestion. Because our digestive system doesn't start in our mouths, it actually starts in our brains. And so when we take time to sit down and really focus on what we're eating, our brain sends the signal to the rest of our digestive system and says, hey, you're eating, I'm going to up your stomach acid, I'm going to get your gallbladder and liver ready to digest those healthy fats, which is really important for things like knowing when to stop eating, knowing when you're full, knowing when you've had enough of something or not enough of another macronutrient, that all comes from our brain. And so if our brain is trying to focus on driving and trying to focus on staying in the lanes and making sure you don't run off the road, it can't focus on trying to digest your food and getting all of those vitamins and minerals and energy out of your food. So as far as the best tip I could give you is just slow down and just take your time, really enjoy your food, chew it thoroughly, make sure that you get everything out of it as you possibly can, even long before it gets to your stomach and for the rest of your digestive system to use. Another big tip that I always suggest to everyone is increase your probiotics, especially right now where we're so worried and so nervous about this virus, especially with like Thanksgiving and Christmas coming up. I am always worried about like flu season and cold season in general, let alone when there's a global pandemic going on at the same time, always trying to focus. (laughs) Exactly. I'm always trying to focus on getting probiotics in. So probiotics are good bacteria. That bacteria is going to help your digestive system. It's going to help your immune system. And we get that from foods like kimchi, sauerkraut, yogurt, Um, kombucha is a big one right now. You can find kombucha almost anywhere, which is great because that's a great source of good probiotics that are dairy free, especially for those that have dairy allergies. Um, Yogurt is not the only source of probiotics out there. So that's good to see that there's a lot more availability that way. Just increasing your good bacteria is always going to help your digestive system and it coats the lining of your digestive system. So then we don't end up with those long, long-term issues like leaky gut or mm-hmm. allergies and intolerances to food that we eat constantly. And so those probiotics are so very helpful for 
all of those, managing those symptoms as well. Now, that being said, I do, even though I do have like recommendations for everyone, I do make recommendations to my clients based on the evaluation that I do. So when I do an evaluation, I look at how your stomach is producing acid. I look at how your liver and gallbladder is digesting fats, your small intestine, your large intestine, how your body's breaking down fatty acids. So I make sure to break it down into pieces too, so I can see which part of your digestive system might need a little bit of help in the long run to help you manage those symptoms and feel better quicker too. So question, um, when you are really stressed or you have a busy day, and you know you're going to be kind of eating on the run. Is it better not to eat? Are there things that break down quicker? And if you just have, you know, 10 minutes for lunch in the middle of the day that you can eat while you're still stressed and busy? Or like, I don't, yeah, what's the best answer on what to do there? So definitely eat. <laughs> even though you're stressed and busy, it'd be better if you did eat. But even if you have 10 minutes, take those 10 minutes, sit down, Take a deep breath for about three seconds and then eat your food. Just make sure that when you're chewing, even if you have to chew fast, chew thoroughly and make sure that you get everything out of your digestive, out of your food for your digestive system. As far as when you have meals that are on the run, I would definitely focus if you know, like Tuesday and Thursday, I know are crazy days. And so I know my lunches are going to be really intense. And so I usually try to put in fibrous foods. So those are going to be your vegetables, your fruits, and really focus on those. I know that a lot of my clients have a harder time breaking down protein. And so for those really fast meals, I have them focus more on cruciferous vegetables like kale, spinach, um, broccoli, even um, then a variety of vegetables and variety of colors like bell peppers, tomatoes, and some citrus like lime or lemon to help with those digestive enzymes, just to make sure that you're getting enough vitamins and minerals from your food, but make sure that your food is already ready to be digested. That's going to be a lot easier digested than say chicken breast or a steak or even like some hamburger. Your body's going to digest those cruciferous vegetables a lot easier than it would a protein for lunch. And why is that? So that is because they do contain so much fiber and that fiber is able to be broken down a lot easier. There's less chains for your body to break down versus in proteins. There is a lot of amino acids. There is a lot more. It's a lot more dense. If you think about a chicken breast in comparison to like kale, chicken breast is a lot more dense, which is great. You feel more full. It makes you... Um, help you build muscle. But as far as digesting it, it's a great thing to have for dinner or a protein source for breakfast when you have time to eat and digest your food. But if you have a quick lunch, those cruciferous vegetables and those vegetables, your body will recognize them as being mostly fiber. And those will turn into carbs, which also helps you throughout your energy throughout the day.
So those vegetables are going to turn into energy very quickly, which is also going to help with that three o'clock slump that we feel. You know, how many of us are reaching for some caffeine by two or three o'clock? And a lot of it is because our body either hasn't digested our lunch as well as it could have, or our lunch was not what our body needed to fuel us for the rest of the day to get to dinner, to get through that afternoon that might be really busy and really stressful. And so really focusing on those fruits and vegetables for lunch. And then I always have my a lot of my clients use like a yogurt-based salad dressing. If you're focusing on having salads for lunch because it's really convenient, mm -hmm. have a Greek yogurt salad dressing because that'll help increase your probiotics. It helps with those digestive enzymes for lunch and also helps your body just to be able to get that energy that it needs for the rest of the day. So then you're not feeling exhausted by the time you get home, which also leads to stress eating when you get home. Mm -hmm. And stress eating is never a good way to digest your food either. <laughs> What's the difference in when your body's stressed in terms of how it affects your digestion? You produce less stomach acid. What else is there that's involved in that? So your digestive system is part of your sympathetic nervous system. So your body is, needs to be in a sympathetic state or a parasympathetic state in order to contract those muscles. If you think about it, your small intestine, your large intestine, even the bottom of your stomach are muscles. They're contracting, they're moving your food through. And so if you're in a stress state, your body isn't able to contract those muscles as well as it needs to, or as fast or as slow as it needs to. A lot of times, if you're in a really stressed state in some people, it can contract those muscles really fast mm -hmm. and you feel like you don't get anything out of your food and it goes right through you. Other people, it feels like everything gets backed up and that's because those muscles aren't moving as quickly as they need to and they're moving really slow based on the, how your digestive system is when you're stressed. That's a great part of what I do is because I work with people on an individual basis, I can see what your body's doing and what your body needs because everyone is so different and stress, even though we know as a whole, stress is not good for us. Mm -hmm. Stress can impact your body in so many different ways, depending on who you are, what kind of stress it is whether it's stress from work, whether it's physical stress from an activity that you like, whether it's stress from not eating healthy and causing inflammation that causes stress on your body too. And so there's a lot of different kinds of stress and it can all make a difference in how your body digests food. It makes a difference in how your body regulates blood sugar, which has a lot to do with your energy levels. It also determines how your body regulates hormones. And essentially, if your digestive system is not doing what it's supposed to, and not, especially like if your gallbladder isn't working the way it should, you're not going to be able to digest those healthy fats that then turn into healthy hormones and those hormones that regulate energy, that regulate your ability to have endurance and do those activities that you love so much. And so kind of coming back to mental health, is it hormones that you're working with, neurotransmitters, both? Can you just go into a little more detail about 
how digestion affects that. You bet. So digestion definitely affects your neurotransmitters and your hormones. I focus on how it affects your neurotransmitters and especially rewiring your brain to have healthy habits surrounding food. Because we know that stress is a bad thing for your body, I don't want clients stressing about what food is good for them, what food is bad for them, what is going on in their bodies. I want them to be able to focus on what their body needs and then leave kind of the rest to do what it's supposed to. So with that, when you're eating better, your hormones are naturally going to regulate because your body has more vitamins, it has more minerals, it has those, your brain to work with it too. So your brain also helps your hormone balance as well. And so if we can get your brain to work with your digestive system, it's also going to help with your hormone balance, which in whole helps with your mental health. Now, there are certain foods that specifically help with mental health. And I do try to focus on those foods, especially right now where I know so many people are so stressed and frustrated. There are specific foods that are really and it's not important. just chocolate, right? <laughs> nope, it's not just chocolate or wine. <laughs> there we go. So some of those specific foods are seafood, which especially where we live is really hard to get in Wyoming. Seafood mm -hmm. is just not an amenity that we have very often, but it's still found in those fish, like local fish, like trout. Um, any food with those omega-3 fatty acids are going to be really helpful for mental health because they bring down brain inflammation, because they're easy for your body to digest and because they help with hormone balance that also affects mental health. So some other things that are great for other foods that are great for mental health are beets. Beets are like the super food. They help with so many things, but beets especially help with, they help with blood sugar regulation, they help with digestion, they help with brain inflammation again, and hormone balance. A lot of those colorful vegetables like beets that are bright purple or bright pink, anything you think of that can possibly stain your hands, mm -hmm. those are going to be really good vegetables or fruits for you because they have so many minerals and vitamins that are going to really help bring down inflammation and help regulate your hormones to help with mental health. I always recommend having at least five colors a day for better mental health as far as foods go, just, just because we need as much variety as possible for our mental health and for our immune system too. And so there's a whole group of foods that really help with our digestive system and with blood sugar regulation, which then helps with mental health a lot too. So tell me some how you work with people then. I know you, you have a questionnaire, which is what, 300 questions or so that I filled out where you get the whole backdrop on people. And then how do you progress working with them? Are you giving them like, these are the foods you should eat, shouldn't, you said you don't make it too strict. Is the diet like a meal plan? What is it that you do when you're working with people? 
So when I work with people, I do that evaluation like you talked about. It's like 300 questions. And I, I tell all my clients, once you fill that out, that is the hardest part. Like That's a lot of diving deep into what your body needs. And once you do that, that's pretty much the hard part is over. So once you fill out that questionnaire, I turn that into a bar graph so that both of us can visualize what's going on in your body and what parts of your body need the most help. So whether that's your small intestine and your adrenals, or maybe your upper GI tract and your thyroid. A lot of times working with with the clients I do, if you live in North America, you have some sort of blood sugar regulation issue. And so blood sugar is a big one that I focus on. But before I focus on any of those, I always, always focus on my on digestive system with all of my clients. That's my biggest priority is helping my clients get their digestive system working. Just because when your digestive system works, that's going to help your mental health. It's going to help mm -hmm. everything else down the line too. It's going to help with blood sugar regulation. It's going to help with your thyroid. It also just helps you feel better. When your digestive system is working better, you don't feel inflamed. You don't get a sore as quickly. You don't feel bloated and you just feel like you have more energy. So that's usually one of the pillars that I focus on with my clients. Now, how I help them as far as food goes is I usually, depending on the client, have them eliminate some foods. So some clients, I might have them eliminate soy or gluten or even, I usually always have my clients eliminate sugar as much as possible. And then also things like canola oil and some of those saturated fats that are really going to harm you, I make sure to eliminate some of those too. And what I do is I use an app and I have my clients use an app where they, I tell them what guidelines to put in and then they put everything into that app and then they get to choose what foods they're eating. That way it's not me just giving them mm -hmm. meals to choose from that they may or may not like. And they can choose foods that work with their lifestyle. If there's someone that's busy all week long and has one day off, we'll do a meal prepping meal plan where they make two meals a week and then they eat those the rest of the week. Or if they cook every night, I would adjust it so that they have a plan for every single night of the week that they do a little different. So they get to choose their meals and you get to choose meals that you enjoy. And then that app will kick out a shopping list that also works with local pickup. So it works with like Walmart pickup or Smith's pickup. That way, that's been really helpful for so many of my clients during this pandemic is they've been able to automatically send their grocery list over. They don't have to go in the grocery store and they don't have to ever walk by the ice cream aisle. They never have to walk by the chips. And which is very, very helpful, especially when they're really trying hard to get into a habit of a healthy lifestyle, just making getting unhealthy food less convenient is a huge part of that process. Mm -hmm. 
So I work with them for an eight week period. And that includes, I follow up with them every week. I usually send recipes that I find in the app because the app has like hundreds of thousands of recipes. And so I send each one of my clients a new recipe for the week. So then things don't get redundant and you find new food that you enjoy. And then I also follow up with them each week to make sure they're still doing good. Make sure they're drinking their water, which is a huge thing, especially in Wyoming. It's so dry here. Mm -hmm. We just need to be drinking so much more water than we are, <laughs> especially with the smoke going on. Our lungs need a lot more fluid to be able to keep those mucous membranes going. So drink lots and lots of water. That's why I check in every week is usually to make sure people are drinking enough water. Mm. And then I also do send that 300 question questionnaire at the end of the eight weeks. And then I compare those two graphs side by side. So I usually do this over Zoom just so that my clients can see what their graph looks like and see what's improved. And that's always a huge motivator. When you have seen your energy levels increase, you've seen your ability to manage your hormones, acne usually clears up, um, usually hair texture gets thicker and fuller. And then to be able to, at the end of that, also see that graph change dramatically it's really wonderful for people to be able to see how much can change in eight weeks as far as health goes. We always think it's not an overnight thing, and it's certainly not. It takes a lot of little things each day, but your body knows what to do when you're trying to live a healthier lifestyle, and it really will adapt to it so quickly. Cool. And I just found my chart as well. So I might post that for people to see and look at so they can kind of see what the chart and recommendations looks like in the first place. Perfect. That's always great to see for people to be able to visualize like what that chart looks like for sure. And what all, there's a whole lot of things on that chart that I look at. So <laughs> And I was going to say, I loved filling out the questionnaire. I thought it was really fun. The 300 questions was like when it ended, I was like, oh man, that was, you know, that was a good time. So <laughs> I can make it sound exciting for people okay. because I thought it was. So what type of people do you like to work with? Do you have like a specific demographic you typically work with or who is it who most, I guess, is drawn to you when you're drawn to them for your services? So my demographic as far as clients go goes it's all over the board but the thing that i notice the most with my clients and really it's because they relate to my personal story so much is that a lot of my clients have either found that they don't have the physical ability or the energy to do the things that they want to do so they found that they're knees hurt too bad and they can't hike where they used to or they found that a certain activity like skiing just wasn't as enjoyable because they don't have the energy for that anymore and that is something that I love to work with my clients on and feel like my clients all 
have that desire to just have more energy, to feel better, to be able to do the things they love, which I think is so important. If we don't have those hobbies, those recreational activities, whether they're outside or inside, that's going to affect how we view the world. It's going to affect our stress levels, which then affects your digestive system, like I said, and can really cause us to not have the mental or physical health that we want in life. And so I really try to focus on people and trying to encourage people who have lost that vitality for doing things that they love to come work with me because that's something that is very measurable too. If you go from not having the energy to do something you like to a couple months later, being able to do it and do it well, what an awesome way to handle your stress that you're going through right now to look forward to, you know, January and February with skiing and snowboarding. If you can feel better by February and are able to do the things that you like to in the winter, you know, those months that we have such a hard time battling with mental health are going to seem a lot easier and are going to be a lot better as far as health circumstances go. And what is it that you love to do now that you've got all this energy and things that you missed out on before? So something that I actually love to do that I never thought I would is running. I have never enjoyed running in the past. And this summer I pushed myself and wanted to see what my body was capable of now that I had the information and the tools I needed to, to give myself, um, energy and to make sure that I built muscle. And I was actually able to run my first like big race I've ever ran. And it was 21 miles and it was in the back country. Yeah. Right. I right? I, I didn't go little at first and it was 4,000 feet of elevation, but it was so amazing because that mountain range was the same mountain range that I had discovered that I just wasn't physically in a spot where I could do this anymore. And then to two years later, be able to run 21 miles in that same mountain range. It was really empowering to me to see just what my body was capable of and what food is able to do for your whole life. I was so much happier. I'm so much, you know, have so much more energy. I was able to hike all over the Wind River Range this year. I was able to fish in places that I would have never been able to get to had I not started on this journey. I I love just being able to look at the map and say, yes, I could get here in a day, or I could do this in a day, just because of the physical state that my body is in due to what I've eaten for the last two years is really phenomenal to see. That is awesome. So what is the best way? Tell us about a little bit about your company and then the best way for people to follow you, see everything you do on social media, to find you if they want to work with you. So to work with me, I would definitely check out. I'm very active on social media. I usually post either recipes or tips or some way for you to even help yourself every single day. So I am on Instagram and it's at mapped out nutrition or 
I have a mapped out nutrition page on Facebook. I also have a website. It's mappedoutnutrition.org. That's also a good place for you to see what packages I offer, as well as some different opportunities that I offer. Like I have a couple ebooks that are out there for college students. I have an ebook on intermittent fasting and how that can either help or harm um, mental health. And then I also am active on YouTube a little bit. I'm working on that one and I'm trying to get that more in. But as far as Facebook and Instagram goes, that's also a good way to reach out to me too. If you want to direct message me, I always respond to direct messages fairly quickly. Awesome. And then in your own health routine, what other practice or habit aside from eating slowly, eating five different colors, what other habit has been the most powerful in your life? The habit that has been the most powerful for me as far as nutrition goes is to do some diaphanetic breathing before I eat. So just sitting down, like I said, slowing down and breathing before I eat, but then also just scheduling when I'm going to eat and what I'm going to eat. Meal planning makes a huge difference in my lifestyle. It makes me feel like I have way more control over what I'm eating. And especially where I felt out of control with my diet for so very long, having my week planned out and knowing exactly what I'm going to eat for dinner each week and what I'm going to eat for lunch and what my snacks are and knowing what all of that is going to cost. It not only saves money, but it saves time. And that time is something that I can also put into something I enjoy later on. And so I'm not going to the grocery store every night. I'm not spending time thinking, what am I going to make for dinner? Oh, I'll just eat out. When I have it all planned out, that makes the biggest difference. And I usually sit down about Sunday night. I, I use the same app that I have my clients use just because I like to stay up to date on what recipes there are. And so I go through the recipes. I order my groceries online. And then Monday after work, I go and pick them up. I know exactly what I'm eating Monday night all the way through next Sunday. And it just makes my life so much more simple and organized. And even though it's just like a little thing and it takes a little bit of time, that can make the biggest difference on your outlook on the week. And it helps me feel less stressed about my week too when I know Okay, on Tuesday night, I'm going to have a really quick and easy meal because I know my days are busy on Tuesday. Mm -hmm. And just having that plan set in place is probably the biggest thing I and the greatest thing I've probably ever done for my health. Awesome. Well, thank you. I'm going to try breathing before I eat. I'm looking at my chart. It says my <laughs> adrenals are one of the, uh, the high points that I need to work on. So I think breathing would probably help there. <laughs> For sure. Yes, that's, that's a good sign of stress eating is when your adrenals are <laughs> out of whack. A little bit high. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for being on today. I appreciate your time and then all of the information that you shared. Thanks for listening to this episode of Health in the Whole. 
Click subscribe to get future episodes. Follow along at facebook.com slash health in the hole and we will see you soon.